Welcome everyone, you are listening to and perhaps watching Hot, Hot Sauce for Work on the Hot Sauce Sports Network. We will have some changes coming, uh, new names, new lineups, all sorts of different stuff heading into the fall season. Because as we turn, as it turns out, the closer and closer we get to football season, Terry, the amount of work we have is absolutely insane. Terry Tam joining me uh, off uh, on remote as it has been since the start of the pandemic. How's it going, Terry? Very good. Uh, the the thing that makes me work the most is fantasy football, and it's not because I'm doing like all this research. Because, as like you saw in our live stream, like this is this is it. Yeah. That's it. This is my research. But it just it's time consuming, especially when you're in. <laughs> it happened. There it is. <laughs> so the headphones uh, started working mid segment. <laughs> um, that's good. That's it's perfect. The, it's the inconvenience of like certain times because mm-hmm. I work like at nights and you know I'm, I'm in real estate school so I'm doing all these things and it's like now we have one tonight at 10 o'clock and I had one at 10 30 last an, night it is an auction dynasty draft I don't understand who thinks this is going to take less than six hours like it's going to be <laughs> so long I'm going to just load up with a giant coffee oh, I mean I assume it'll be like what an hour and a half two hours um, I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be long because it's, it's auction it always takes longer but I've never done an auction draft. From what I understood, it's like auction. Yeah, it's going to take a bit longer than a standard. Like a standard draft should take online should be an hour. Yeah. So like so a I've minute and two, a half. Time. I've done two that were like done offline. Well, they were online drafts, but they were not with through an app. One was through a third party app. That one was okay, but it still took long. It was about three hours. And I did one with a group that I just expect to win this one really easily. That's why I joined. And it's done through Messenger. Guys just send their picks in through Messenger. So it took like just six like, hours. And I was tanked by the end. If only technology worked and you can use <laughs> apps that are like, there's probably a million apps you can use in drafts. But yet some people still want to go through Messenger to it's do it. It's so weird. It's so weird. The draft. So why was it on Messenger? It's because it's a group of guys that they, they get together every year. But like as of last year, they stopped doing that because of the pandemic. And also like... I was in a different uh, city. They were not in a different city. So um, I was like 28 beers deep. It was uh, uh, either way, NFL.com gave me an A plus and expects me to go 13 to no. Gives me like a 48% chance to win that league. So I was like, all right, I'm fine. <laughs> um, I, will, I will say um, that having written a lot of the fantasy stuff for, for Hot Sauce Sports, I was more prepared than ever. Like you're talking about all the research. So like I've been researching this stuff since April. Right, because of the, the the blogs I've been writing and the stuff I've been preparing, and my God, the drafts have gone super well. For, like that's the most ready I've ever been for drafts, but it's so time consuming. It's it's insane. Yeah, it's too much. much it's too much. Like we, uh, Alex and I interviewed. Uh, we we had him on again. The fantasy football hustler, mm-hmm. uh, great guy from San Diego. He's he, he told us he does tw- he did twenty drafts this year. Because, I had seven all- and I thought I was overwhelmed. It's also his job, though, right? Like, yeah. he did 20 last year. He said he won two, and they were his big ones. So, like, he made money on it. And it's not, it's not where he makes his money. He makes his money on Patreon. If you want fantasy football um, uh, expertise and things like that, go on Patreon. It's FFHustler420. Guy loves weed. Got to respect it. Um, FFHustler420 on Patreon. He's great. Go follow him on, on Instagram, too. He's awesome. He gives his live picks and his sleepers and things like that. He gives out everything, basically. But, you know, this is his business, and he's great. But he said he did 20, and I was like, that's fucking bananas, man. I, I did four this year. Well, I'm going to do my fourth this year, tonight. And it's just brutal. brutal. I cut down from seven to three. 
and now I'm back to seven because of hot sauce sports and, and flight football. And, like, and then again, like, there's one league where I wanted to join years ago because of really how bad they are. Because um, I, I expect that league to bankroll all my buy-ins for the other leagues. Um, it's just free money. It's just free money at that yeah, I'll point, take right? It. I'll take free money, no problem. Yeah. Um, yeah so yeah. I, I was curious about something because something happened in my draft last night. And actually, this is actually where I want to start the show. So it's kind of funny that we we started with uh, with fantasy. Um, this happened with a guy in our in our sort of like big money league. Um, like I think top prize is like eighteen hundred bucks. Like it's it's a pretty big buy-in. Um, and so he was saying, it came to him, and he's uh, considering taking a quarterback. And at this point, Dak Prescott has fallen. He's somehow the sixth quarterback off the board. I'm like, all right, I'm two picks away. I'm getting Dak Prescott again. This is awesome. Very happy. Um, and he's like, Tom Brady. I was like, uh, okay. And so I was like, it's fine. It, it, you prefer one guy over another. But he was saying that, he's like, well, because I had Dak last year and that burned me. And I was like, well, football's a physical sport. Anybody can get hurt at any time. That's I like that. It's like, it's like I'm not gonna take the guy that freakishly broke his leg. Yeah. But I'm gonna take <laughs> the guy never been that hurt before. Who had never been. Hurt never before. been <laughs> but I'll take the guy that's statistically worse than him fantasy wise. Yeah. It was and, and I want to know like like do you have superstitions like that? Like guys you hold on to for longer than you should. Oh yeah. Oh or, yeah. Or, or, I'm like a... guys you take do you take because you won with them or guys you refuse to take because they burned you? Oh, man, you know how long I kept DeMarco Murray on my keeper league, no matter how bad he was? I, DeMarco Murray won a league for me once. And it's – well, obviously now I don't take him. But guys like like Carlos Hyde, I'm always like, oh, Carlos Hyde's available. But, like, he's not going to do anything. You know, like these are guys that I like, you know. And it's like – it's like always – I do get attached to players. And I get attached to my own players. So I hoard players. Fuck. Like if you offer me a trade, it's not that I overvalue my players over yours, which some people do and they're the biggest assholes for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but w- what it is with me is like I just like, fuck, I don't want to give him up just in case he does better. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I always – I don't want to be the guy like, fuck, I should have kept him. You know, it's like – and it happens so often where I drop a guy a week right before he explodes, and it's crazy, man. But yeah, like there's players that I like. I look at like Des Bryant was big for me, mm-hmm. and Jason Wynn. Like I looked at them, and I was like, I'm gonna draft them around early just so I can get them. Like I did that with uh, with um, Tony Pollard this year, but I took him as like my fourth or third running back in all of my leagues. Yeah. So if Tony Pollard's on the board, I'll probably auction a lot of money for him because I want him across. I like also like getting guys in all my leagues like the same. Like my roster is pretty much the same. Like out of the three drafts I have so far, I have Dak in two, Justin Herbert in one. I have Baker Mayfield as my backup in all three. I have Tony Pollard, Christian Kirk, and Henry Ruggs in all three. I have uh, – who else do I have? I have the Rams in all three. I have the Titans in two. Like it just, I like to be. I don't want to overthink too much because then I'm gonna fuck it up. But I know myself that I'm not gonna manage it properly and I'm gonna lose. Like I, I, I like a little variance. Like in my two biggest buy-ins, I ended up with like the sixth pick in one, seventh pick in the other. And one, I went Devonte Adams, and then the other one, the the uh, the pick came to me where I had Devonte at the option to take Devonte Adams, and I went Travis Kelsey instead, which is, I mean. Six of one, half a dozen of the other. Like one's gonna be the top yeah. wide receiver, the one's gonna be the top tight end. Like it's all good. Uh, but it was just like I was like, you know what? If one of those guys gets hurt, I I think I'm still okay to win one championship somewhere else. Like even though they don't know they're on my team, right? So Kelsey uh, Kelsey's been in number one for a long in a lot yeah. all my drafts, like first round. Yeah, well, he, uh, he I, I took him in sixth one. overall and, and sorry, seventh overall uh, last night. 
Yeah, I got him eighth overall last night in my draft. And uh, sorry, eleventh. It fell to eleventh. Amazing, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, he fell to eleventh. But that league, it, it used to be a keeper league, and now it's a redraft. Um, so it's it's a little different. But uh, yeah, so it fell to me. Um, but overall, I've been pretty happy with my teams. I, I like I look at guys like I'm gonna look at your numbers last year, and I'm gonna assume that you're gonna double. You're gonna you're gonna do the exact same thing. Double That's the basically, <laughs> yeah. You double those four thousand like, yards. <laughs> <laughs> Dak Prescott average, averaging nine thousand yards a year. It's perfect. Yeah. I love it. The um. So for me, my guy of holding up too long, uh, even when he stopped being productive and even when he started getting banged up, was AJ Green. Like I think this oh, year's yeah. the first year I didn't draft AJ Green. Um, and every year I drafted him, I held and him he's available. Like four weeks too long. Oh, obviously he's available. He's available. He's a, he's a corpse. He's the walking dead at this point. Um, Eagle, do you, do you have, so who guys? do they have? Who's this? So who do they have? The Cardinals, they have hop. They got him. They have Christian, Christian Kirk. Kirk. Um, uh, they don't have Andy Isabella anymore. Do they? I believe they do. I think, I think they do. Or they, I think you might've been trade bait at one point. He might've gotten traded. I feel like he's not on their team anymore. But if they do have him, that's a sick receiving core right there. Yeah. Why are you looking I, that I up? Think, I think I'm looking up who's on uh, the cards wide receivers. Rondell Moore. They drafted Rondell Moore, who looks really good. Uh, Josh Dotson. Yes. Weirdly yes. there. I love this time of year for the the uh, the uh, the NFL. I had this I had this in my article by the way. The uh, the Houston Texans lead the league, and oh my god, that guy plays there. Because this time yeah. you, it's when you find out like the third and fourth string guy is like. Oh, I, I guess Mark Ingram is on the Houston Texans. Did you Philip see? Lindsay. So, so stupidly enough, I I pulled a Terry Tam and I wrote AFC South preview <laughs> when you were supposed to write the AFC South preview. Now we're missing AFC North. Now and I specific and it's funny because I specifically picked the AFC North so I can put Baltimore as fourth place Naturally. just to piss off Alex. I would have done the same thing, by the way. Respect. Yeah, just to piss off Alex the intern. They're going they're going one and fifteen. But it sucks because in my preview for AFC South, I had the Texans going 0 and 16. And I really do. The reason why is because I looked at the running backs. Mark Ingram, David Johnson, Rex Burkhead, and Philip Lindsay. All guys who would be second string on my Madden team. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, you know, but you know what? There's this thing that came up that I keep seeing about Philip Lindsay. He's the uh first undrafted rookie free agent to have um two thousand yard rushing seasons of his first three years so i don't know what that means but maybe he's good <laughs> um Eagle, do you have a guy you have a guy you can hold on to too long i or haven't concept? played enough fantasy like uh, especially in for football like i usually do like one team a year so i try and mix you it have up a hockey it's, guy or something but hockey i used to do a lot of drafts now again not so much but I, when i was younger i took zidane chara in every draft <laughs> every draft doesn't matter i just wanted him he was my first d i took every time I like it. I like it. Um, well, when it comes to that time, that time of the show, it's time to get to the news. Ah, Terry, it's the news. Is um, it now? This is the last week that we really have to stretch topics. Because it's it's really this is the the absolute 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 slowest week of the year, but thankfully Paul Pierce gave us something. He did a full feature on SI. Um, I loved Paul you Pierce. Got, you gotta love Paul Pierce. So I loved, I loved that Celtics team as a team. Like I love the players. Like Kevin Garnett to this day is one of my favorite players. I still say that like the the what Kevin Gar- what Kevin Durant is with with Chris Bosh was the first one of that. 
uh, and just a meaner version of that was Kevin Garnett. Um, but the more I see them in retirement, the cringier I find them. And, and it's and although I don't think he's wrong about anything he said here, just himself. That's just who he is. Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, Rajon Rondo, um, Kendrick Perkins. Again, all players I loved on the court. My God, it's it's frustrating to listen to them because they it's it's it always amazes me when guys are really talented, but yet are really insecure. It's it, so not I don't think Kevin Garnett's insecure. So I Kevin actually Garnett the least of the bunch though. Okay? Yeah, I, I'll say that. I'll say that. And Rajon Rondo, like he's had successes, so like I don't think he's that insecure. But he, I do see he does that chip on his shoulder. Yeah. Where Kendrick Perkins is always ready to like tell you why you're wrong. And Paul Pierce is always ready to tell you why he's better than you, right? So like it just the way it is. But I read a, I read a quote this week from Michael Bisping. Okay, Michael Bisping was the middleweight champ in the UFC, and he said fighters always have to think they're better than everybody. If they yeah. don't, they're gonna lose. Well, you saw and, Amari and, Cooper today said he's the best receiver in the NFL, and people are laughing. Like, why wouldn't he think that? Yeah, yeah, he has right? to think that. If you if you're like if I go into a game. And, and like Amari Cooper, if, if he go, like they're playing the Bucks first week, right? Mm-hmm. If he lines up and, he, and he's on the bench and he's watching uh, the Bucks uh, offense and he sees Antonio Brown and Mike Evans, he can't just say, oh, these guys are better than me because then the rest of the game, he's fucked. You know what I mean? Just mentally. He's in the, the other DBs are going to get into his head. It's just this whole thing. So like you have to you have to be a little bit delusional. You have to be a little bit overconfident in order to, to make up for – Maybe something, maybe a lack of talent in one aspect. Like Kevin Garnett needed to be the biggest asshole ever in order for him to be the one of the best defenders we've seen in the last like 50 years. You know what I mean? So that's that's the thing about Kevin Garnett. And Paul Pierce too. He needed to. He he grew. Paul Pierce grew up in an era where Kobe was was there. LeBron was brand new. Shaq was dominating. Uh, Dwayne Wade. Like he he was in that era, and he was also at the beginning, at the end of the era of like Jordan and Reggie Miller, the best player of all time, of course. Uh, you know. Yeah, naturally. And and that whole era, like the whole late 90s, early 2000s era. So like he was still in that. So Paul Pierce had to – he had this extra chip on his shoulder, kind of like what Russell Westbrook has now where he needs to be – think that he's the best. And he, But the problem with Paul Pierce is that he still thinks he's that same player today. Yeah, and, and also the thing too um, with, with regards to – and you mentioned a player, and all jokes aside, like Reggie Miller, very, very, very good player. Um I I kind of see Paul Pierce as the next generation's Reggie Miller. Like he was that. Whoa, was whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> I mean, they're both Hall of Famers, but you get what I'm saying. Like guys who weren't the the talk of the league, the guys who weren't, um, you know, the the absolute most dominant players of their era, but guys who were, you know, that next tier down, right? So like that's that's how I see him. Uh, but the thing that bothers me with them, and it talked about it again in this article, almost unprompted, is this sort of pettiness when it comes to LeBron. They have this whole thing about how that Celtics team prevented LeBron from winning, winning any championships in Cleveland in his first run. And it's like, well, yeah, you had a super team. The reason LeBron went to go build a super team was because of your super team that he didn't have. Also, this whole super team that you had, they won one championship. Also, look one. at the roster that LeBron had on that team. Yeah. Legit. Look at that roster. And, and tell me that that's, <laughs> exactly. And, well, and that, t- tell me that that roster is a competitive roster at any era in the NBA. No, tell it, me it's not. It's not. It's it not. Was a, 
it was exactly the type of roster that gets uh, a lottery pick and drafts LeBron James, right? Like, that's how you end up <laughs> exactly, with that. Exactly. Um, but it's exactly the Pelicans when they got Zion. Exactly, exactly. And um, the he did rip on ESPN for firing him. I, I thought so. I thought ESPN used the party as an excuse because he wasn't a particularly popular analyst in like at least let's say basketball Twitter as an example, mm-hmm. like the the louder portions of the the basketball fandom. Um, I never thought he was awful, although I felt a lot of his analysis was sort of slanted through his own prism, kind of like how Shaq's analysis is always you got to feed the ball to the big man, um, mm-hmm. which is not relevant to today's game, but Shaq's there and he knows he's there for comedic purposes where Paul Pierce was still trying to be sort of the serious uh, journalist type. So I think they just use that as an excuse, but Paul Pierce's defense is like, you got guys committing actual crimes and all I did was party when I'm not working and yeah. three quarters of you guys all do what I was doing. And, 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 and you guys are married and I'm not married. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, like, the thing is, is that Paul Pierce, ESPN, we, we talk about ESPN so often. Like, we know what kind of a company they are and how they they're only protect their image. And their image only matters to what the what the uh, the majority d- decides, right? So, like, the majority says... Not even says, the majority. It's, it's a, the loudest segments of society. Exactly. So, so Twitter yeah. doesn't actually represent the majority, right? It's by far yeah, the minority. A, but it's a loud minority. So it gives this illusion of like, see, this is what the metrics are saying. People don't like this. But whereas like most people don't care who the play-by-play guy is because you're not going to not watch Monday Night Football based on who's talking about the game. Although like, there's a lot of Booger play- almost made me not watch. I just put he's it on not, mute. He's not play-by-play. Play, he's color. Yeah, well, well, Terry, come on. Well, he wasn't play-by-play. Play. He, was <laughs> he was the color commentator. Yeah, they put him on a even train. Even at that, which, I don't even think he thing. was the color commentator. He was like the on-field yeah. Remember the when they first started that with Tony Siragusa on on Fox? That yeah. was the best. Like with yeah. Tony Siragusa behind the end zone talking shit to the players, like that was the best. Then yeah, Mo- Booger McFarlane on the fucking camera acting like a doofus. Well, but, yeah, yeah, you we, had you had yeah. Jason Witten doing color. He can barely do black and white. Oh, he was awful, <laughs> awful. No, but like the play by play guys, unless they're phenomenal, people don't really care. You know what I mean? Like, if, if you're like, you, only, you're gonna you're gonna put on mute and listen to another game, like a basketball game, at the same time as watching yeah. that game, or listen to Hot Sauce Sports podcast while watching podcast, the game. Yeah. You know, um, and and but that's the why. only the only the reason why we care about play by play guys is if they're if they're good. Like I said, you'll never care. You'll never not watch a game because of the play by play guy. Yeah. You know, but you will watch if because of the play by play guy. Like if Joe Buck is doing a game, I'll be like, yeah, I'll tune into this Lions Bears game for no reason. You know what I mean? Like I like Joe Buck. I like Joe Buck as well. I, I um I remember the biggest like sports media argument you and I had once was one morning after the national championship. We were yeah. like, I don't can't understand why you like Mina Kimes. She was brutal in the broadcast. I was like She was. I was like, but I had it on mute. I don't know. I just like her analysis <laughs> in general. I don't maybe she was brutal that game. Uh, I don't know. She was just She's just Mina Kimes. I like her. She's you know she's very insightful and she knows a shitload about the sport. But I I don't know. I just I wasn't the whole the whole broadcast bothered me. Dan Orlovsky, like the whole thing that they did, didn't I didn't like it at all. So, but yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a hater of Mina Kimes. But that day I was like, ah, she turned. I know. It's just funny because I remember that. I remember that morning and I was just like, I Terry, I don't know what to tell you. I didn't listen. <laughs> I was literally I know, listening to our own show, looking for clips. While watching but the I will game. I will admit though that whenever <laughs> you tell me you like somebody. I aut- automatically, <laughs> I look for reasons to not like that person. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. If it's I like, see you guys are using that, I gotta be like, man, Zeke's Alex awesome this year. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. You do that, I'll be like, you're, you're wrong, Pete. I'll prove you wrong by losing 
by losing my fan. I do that with Alex the intern, like on Twitter. If he says something, I'll be like, but, like, what about this? You know, and just to throw him off. Like the other day, he posted. It was classic. He posted a. Uh, uh, my favorite Habs player, Saka Koivu, my first ever favorite hockey player, uh, Alexander Ovechkin. They got drafted 10 years apart. I'm like, your mm-hmm. timelines are off here. Did you start <laughs> watching the Habs before you started watching hockey? And he's like, no, I only started watching. Uh, I only became a, a Habs fan. Uh, 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 sorry, a Habs fan after I became an Ovechkin fan. I was like, oh, okay. So good back in time. You never <laughs> watched Koivu play for the Habs. Oh. No, so, so the way he explained it was that he uh, – he liked his father uh, told him about Alex Ovechkin when he got drafted, so he became an Alex Ovechkin fan. And then w- because he's from Montreal, because he moved here from Russia when he was like six or something, mm-hmm. so uh, so when he became a Montreal fan, Koivu became his ha- his favorite hat. Yeah, I um, I, I there was something he shared in our chat, and I, I didn't even comment because I was like, this is gonna be a four hour argument. He wrote <laughs> already. It was like about some player, like some relatively young player who wrote. Um, already one of the goats, and isn't that impossible? Grammat- <laughs> grammatically, it's wrong right away. Already one of the greatest of all time. <laughs> one of the greatest of all time. Plural. How many? Um, how many? How many goats are there, though? Um, in which country? Because depends. A good question. Depends. A good question. I know where my dad's from in Italy. They outnumber people because oh, he lives 100%. on. A, they're from a mountainside. Basically. Apparently, there's about a billion goats in the world. You just well. Google that, or what? Literally just Google yeah. that. Yeah, that's, that's Eagle's job on the show, Terry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Pease, are you shocked that I was shocked that he did his job? That's yeah, an, that's artic- a good point, that's an article from March 2021. <laughs> so there's probably more goats because they probably banged. Yeah, I mean, unless we ate a bunch, all they do Easter passed. Easter did pass, but it might. Have be you seen the goats season. that like? Have you have you seen the goats that climb the mountains there on the side Mountain of the goat, mountains? Yeah. Yeah. The, the literal no, no. reference at the beginning of this. It's because really? my dad was from a town in Italy that lived was on the mountain. No, but like they, they walk up a wall basically. Yeah, 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 it's wild. It's wild. You ever see the How? eagles kill the goats? Eagles kill goats? Oh yeah. Yeah, so eagles eagles come and like get in their way, so they fall off and then they go down and they like sca- yeah, and they scatter. Literally they put their talons into their back, they kinda just slowly drag them over the cliff. They're not actually looking to carry them, they just drop them to their death and then they feast on their carcass. The, so I I um I've best. heard someone refer to uh, eagles the best. as um a vulture with a good PR agent. Oh yeah. It's a very good point. They're basically just vultures. Yeah, they are. Def- yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So he's preparing for for a podcast with uh, Kevin Garnett. Going back to Paul Pierce. Um and so again, wait, another guy who left ESPN who now has a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if they all make more money, like by far, like if we add up all all the money they're gonna get versus what the salaries were. And be like, wow, ESPN, maybe you should be paying your <laughs> your people more. Cause... Well, listen, I mean, the thing is, is that you might not make as much money, but you do have more control over where your money's coming from. Yeah. So, like, if, like, Tom Brady has his own podcast, right? Like, so, he, like, I'm sure he, he's funding that himself. And then whatever advertisements he gets, he just pockets, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but, like, these guys, there's no reason why a professional athlete shouldn't have an avenue. Like, when I look at Busting with the Boys, which is probably, like, one of the best just like football podcasts out there. Like when it comes to like conversation, like there's other podcasts, football podcasts that are better when it comes to like, like um, uh, breaking down games and previews and stuff like that and bets. But when I busting with the boys with Taylor Lewan from Tennessee Titans and Will Compton played in the NFL for years, this year is not in the NFL uh, that like they're making so much money just off of that. You should use your NIL to be able to make as much money as possible. And when you work for a company like ESPN, They'll be like, well, we're ESPN. We tell you you're going to be paid this much. You can tell them, go fuck yourself. Like, Dan Levitard's 
making so much more money now. Well, look at it. I was going to say, like, Leviton and Cowherd are the two big, biggest examples of, if you just take oh, yeah. what those That's two a- guys made after leaving ESPN, that pays for all of the salaries of all the people that left ESPN in that time. And that's right? why Stephen A. Smith makes the amount of money he makes because they know that he Stephen A. Smith leaves, he'll he'll make more money, maybe the same amount of money that he's making now at ESPN for sure, on his own because his voice is captivating. He's got hard he's got hard opinions. He's a super smart guy. We well respected, yeah. like across the board. And, and the people that hate him will hate listen. One hundred percent. Like when he goes off on the Cowboys, I'm looking for him to make yeah. fun of the Cowboys. Alex, the intern, no. always listening to every word he says, despite hating. Always, him. <laughs> always. So uh, Stephen A. Smith, like we can hate him, but that's his shtick, right? And that's why, I like, yeah. Skip Bayless is the same thing. Skip Bayless is probably the dumbest person in sports on TV. He's, but he's I, one I, of the smartest actual people because yeah, he's monetized that. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's just monetized he knows, being a douche. He knows what to do, and that's the thing I get. What and people don't realize is that the more you go, you leave your crutches, the more you're going to fucking just run and make the most money as possible. And that's just the reality. I mean, we had it. Um, we saw it with, uh, yeah, Dan Lebertard. I mentioned it before. The, was, the I more thought I listen to this, example. the more I'm trying to figure out how Terry has not figured out how to monetize his stupidity. That's <laughs> a very good point. It. I've been trying, man. If I, you I were to monetize Twitter. your stupidity, who would you use to help sell it for you? Oh, I would definitely use... Um, Is there perhaps a ga- a, ga- a gambling app? Uh, <laughs> I'm trying uh, to I'm trying to think of your question based on in in relation to the gambling app on how to make it okay. <laughs> how, how I can make a connection, but there isn't. But the best way for me to monetize this mm-hmm. this if I go out and monetize my stupidity, the best way that I can do that to raise some funds is just make a few easy bets on Hot Streak. There we go. Hot Streak, Hot Streak Fantasy. Use Hot Sauce promo code and they'll match your deposit with a bonus. 50 bucks. They give you 50 bucks. 100 bucks. They give you 100 bucks. Use the Hot Sauce promo code to benefit from that. Um, listen, I've I've gambled. I've been a like a recreational gambler for the last like five years. This year has been more less recreational, more, you know, value. And I, the value of this app is unbelievable. Like when I look at, if I look at a Mets game and I see that you have Lindor, Alonzo, and then uh, and Baez coming up, I'm putting them all as hits. And if that wins off a five dollar bet, I'm making like two hundred and fifty bucks, just to let you know. So like, there's little things like that. People don't realize the amount of odds. But Hot Street definitely gives you the best in play odds. You pick two to three guys here and there. You just play that all game and you'll be in the plus every night. I can almost guarantee it. Yeah, it's fun. Honestly, it's um, – and the best thing about it is it doesn't take long. You do it while you're watching the game. It's a, it's another way for you to engage with the game, right? So that's that's the best part. Um, Most of my bets are made on the toilet bowl. Yeah, well, as they should be. Um, the, the Raiders, they took a gamble when they made Richie Incognito one of the team captains. Um, this, this news – I love whenever Raiders stuff happens because Duke or Graphite gets so mad. Yeah, he's so angry because this is also like a stupid, a super stupidity by the Raiders. Yeah, it's, we it's know, a next level stupidity. First of all, Richie Incognito, is he the same level that he used to be? I mean, I'm sure he's still good he's and he's, I'm sure he's a leader yeah. in the locker room, locker room. But like, well, what kind you of see that, but he tore, he tore the Dolphins locker room apart by being super racist. If you remember. Yeah, but maybe he's maybe he's reformed. Like we don't he know. Also, he was also not a leader of his family when he took a gun to his father's funeral. Oh, that's weird. He was also a, not a leader in the gym when he threw weights at somebody and told him that he was being uh, investigated because he was a spy and the FBI was after him, although he couldn't figure out who he was spying for. 
So why? I mean, listen, we don't. We're, we're not <laughs> selected in, we're not by in the, the organization, right? Not yeah. voted by the players. Yeah, not not voted by players. Because uh, okay, voted by players, you're like, all right, he maybe has a locker room presence. They respect him. Blah blah blah. Here, it's just Gruden going. I like this guy. <laughs> you know what? I, you know what I think it is. I think Gruden's might have lost control of that locker room, and he needs Richie to to like kind of put some order into it. When you need Richie Incognito to control the just locker room, just throwing weight to people, like, you have way bigger problems on your head. Oh, big time. But that that's a sign that the Raiders are okay. going to struggle this season, right? Because they 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 seem like a team that could be good. Except no, they have Derek Carr. They're not good. So Derek Carr statistically is the greatest quarterback, uh, the greatest Raiders quarterback. By, yeah, by not saying much, but like, like the thing is, he, look, he threw uh, twenty nine touchdowns, nine interceptions last season. If he did that in nineteen ninety nine, he would have been instantly in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, like that, that, that's like that, that's like Troy Aikman level. Numbers, yeah, but, you know? but by like, that definition, everyone in today's NFL would be in the Raiders. Oh, absolutely, Hall of Fame. but I'm saying like he's he's not terrible. Like the, he's a guy who can win games. It's just that nothing ever seems to work in that organization right now. He's a better version of Blake Bortles. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll say that. Uh, less handsome though. Um, yeah, Blake Bortles is a beauty. Speaking of leaders, Deshaun Watson makes the fifty-three man roster, and his position is listed as other. <laughs> um, so I don't, I don't even understand how this is being handled by any of the parties. So like, you knew he wanted to leave before the draft. You don't draft a quarterback. Th- there's also these legal troubles that are happening at the same time. You still don't draft a quarterback. You don't make they a trade for value. a quarterback. I don't understand. Is it just a Who's, clear tank? Is Bill O'Brien still there? No, uh, Cullen. Uh, Cull- <laughs> I Cullen know. or Cully? One of them. Uh, David Cully, no, I, I think, coach. No, I know. I'm there, just it's saying not that. worth looking up because we're talking <laughs> Because you, you won't be there in four weeks. Yeah, yeah. Because Bill O'Brien's still there. You kind of you, you assume these these yeah. decisions will be made. But like a new guy comes in, fresh blood, you think that maybe – but I don't know why they're keeping on keeping him. Just get rid of the contract, like as if you can't make the money. You live, you're in Houston. You have a beautiful stadium. You have a fucking a sick fan base. You're like one of the most populated cities in, in the states. It's You'll because they're it convinced out. they're going to get three firsts and two seconds for him. Well, they haven't gotten it yet, so they're not mm-hmm. getting that yet. Like at this point, just cut your losses. Like if you're listing him as other, what does that change for you? Is if that does that mean that like next year if they release him they don't have to pay him as much like there must be something there but I don't know I just think that this whole thing is you're you're waiting for him to be uh, uh, like all these charges to be dropped and then all of a sudden you're gonna throw him in and he's gonna win you championships the rest of your team is garbage you know what I mean like when your number when number one receiver is Brandon Cooks who hasn't had over a thousand yards actually Brandon Cooks like five years ago had a thousand yards. But then after Brandon that, Cooks who is has it? had a thousand yards every season in his career. Every I, year, I posted that in my article today. He had like twelve hundred yards last year. So, yeah. do you well, think there is that. an actual strategy from the Texans of this year is just going to be a wash because we're not going to be able to trade Watson for anything? So let's just see what happens. Maybe charges get dropped, and we I can either keep him or trade him for value. Or worst yeah. case, we just plan for next year. Right, like I mean, that's got to be the game plan here. Yeah, because if you can't put him on your practice squad because someone will basically take him, you can't cut him because someone will sign him for peanuts, and you're gonna you're stuck on paying most of it. I guess that's probably the most accurate. Yeah, too much. He, has, he still has a value, even if it's like a second round pick. He still has a value, so I get but that. No part, one's but gonna touch him now. He's poison, right? He's well, big time poison until these charges are dropped, or I don't know what happens. Well, the weekend, the weekend that the Dolphins. Um, uh, the the, emer- the report emerged that the Dolphins were still trying to make a trade for him. During that week, it was announced that the FBI had opened an invest- a criminal investigation into Deshaun Watson. So, like, 
That's crazy. As a Dolphins fan, I was like, seriously, guys? Like, you basically, like, the FBI very rarely um, in- investigates a guy unless there's a body of evidence, right? Yeah. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, we said from the beginning, it's a messy situation. We're going to keep following up on it. Um, it, it's, it's just getting harder and harder to see how he can have a, a future in the NFL. Um, the Broncos, so Eagle told me the story. I, I didn't actually see the source. So I'll let Eagle tell it. It's about the Broncos last season. Remember that's the time where they had no quarterback. And so some practice squad wide receiver came in and played quarterback and went like four for 20 and got his face caved in constantly by the defense? No. You don't remember that? It was the big scandal because it was a COVID year, right? And Broncos literally had all their quarterbacks on uh, COVID protocol, so they had no quarterback. For oh, yeah, they had that the running Saints. back there. What was his exactly. name? Uh, Kendall Hinton. Kendall Hinton, that's it. Yeah. What's so, he there was an interview <laughs> with Roger Goodell recently about how the NFL kind of had like a secret COVID plan that they didn't want to tell the teams about because they were like, well, if we don't need it, we don't want to like get people thinking about it or deal with it or whatever. And from that report, there was a leak that came out that explained the whole situation, right? Because that there were other games. I think it was like the um, the New England Patriots. There was a couple other games where people were on the COVID protocols, and they kind of either tried to look at moving the game or you know doing things around it. But this one, they didn't do anything with, right? They left it. Apparently, it's because there was security camera footage from the Broncos facilities showing all four of the quarterbacks going into the tape room to watch spitting film. in each other's mouths no <laughs> specifically taking their bracelets that are supposed to be like the tracing things to see who you're in contact with putting them in opposite corners of the room to then sit with each other and watch film so there was proof that they were purposely trying to toy with the system in place to prevent this from happening and so goodell basically told the broncos to go fuck themselves wow so I, I I thought of two things. One was if you watch wow. the Aaron the Aaron Hernandez documentary and you realize that the, one of the main reasons he got uh, convicted was that he instructed his wife to dispose of the guns, and then the security cameras he installed himself um, showed her disposing of the guns. So that's one. Um, the second thing was what's a thing where because you have to imagine separating all these these trackers right and trying to get away with this. It seems like it's a lot more effort than just sitting in different corners in the same room. What's a thing that you've done as like a, either like a procrastination or trying to oh, get away man. with something that is way more time-consuming and way less effective than just doing the thing? Oh, man. Oh, that's a good point. I've done a lot. Like, like, I, I, I know I, I just can't think of anything now. Taking the I, time to go to the gym. like taking For me, sometimes it will take two hours before I eventually get out of my house to go spend 45 minutes at the gym. And like the whole thing is now taking me three hours. So it's just oh, for going. Me, for me, I think it's preparing to like, when I was in university, it was like setting my thing, like my room up so I can study properly and then still, yeah, put, that's the TV classic. Classic. still put the TV on in the background and not study properly. Like there's all that. But I can't think of anything now. But yeah, there's been a, there's been a few. I've, I've been like, I'm, I'm always looking for an easy way out of like preparing for shit. I remember I had a friend in university who who uh, created this insane like thing for cheating where like it, like it was like you know let's say there's six chapters to learn right and there's six guys and so like you learn this chapter and I'll learn this chapter and I'll and then like and then in in the exam room we're gonna be able to communicate this one I was like guys if you all just read the six chapters 
you it would be a lot less work than yeah. intensely knowing this one chapter and then figuring out how to communicate this information amongst each other. Eagle, do you have anything? You're you're pretty you're pretty kink procrastinator yourself. Yeah, but I'm also extremely efficient when I finally decide to get things done though. So it's less yeah. about the procrastination, more about the efficiency. I think the closest I've done to something really stupid is like you don't like you'll clean something, but then you'll clean something else, which forces you to clean that first thing all over again. Mm-hmm. Like like something like imagine like you're cleaning your kitchen, right? So first you decide to sweep your kitchen floors. Then yeah. you clean the counters. In doing so, you get more shit on the floor. So then you have to sweep the floors again to just get rid of that stuff. And then it's like, okay, now I'm gonna do the the the, the drawers at the top. And doing that gets more shit on the counters. Now you gotta clean the counters. Oh, then you gotta that, clean the floors. That happens like, to me all the time because I clean my uh, kitchen late at night, and I do that super high. So a it takes me three hours, but also the order of which I do things don't make sense. So like and like I'll forget that I'm doing something. So I'll, like I'll wash a plate. Put it to try, like, I got to sweep the floor. Sweep, like, uh, one section of the floor, like, I got to clean the counter. Wipe the counter clean, like, oh, the dishes. Go back to the dish. Clean another dish. Put that away. I have a dishwasher. Put a dish in the dishwasher. And, and that takes me about three, three and a half hours, and then I go to bed. It's a great way to spend a night. I highly recommend it. It's very entertaining. Oh, no, I've been there. I've been there. Definitely been there. <laughs> it's the best. It's the best. Yeah. Um, the uh, the other thing I want to mention was uh, Washington football team has li- has narrowed down their list of choices of names. They finally thought about it after going with the very clever Washington football team for um, so much time, two full seasons. Uh, and these are the names they've come up with. Um, let's go. We'll go one by one. Eagle, you Wait, you can list you, Can them? you say that again, but in a more condescending way? These are the names they came <laughs> up with. Well, so I, want, I wanted you to um, give us the names, and we would react to them. All right. So, All right, and these are in no particular order. This is just a list that Adam Schefter has gathered from mm-hmm. an interview with one of the marketing or people in the leadership group of the Washington football team. The Washington Red Hogs. Awful name. It's like a, it's like a southern, southern, division two college football team. So given given uh, some of the improprieties that have happened with the Washington football team, I wouldn't be shocked if it relates to actually um, engaging consensual bestiality with a uh, pig and smacking that ass so hard it turns red. It's a, a very good point. Yeah, it's the only thing I can think of. Next, we have the Washington Defenders. I actually like this one because, you know, like we said a couple weeks ago when I was on, yeah, you know, the defense might be pretty good. But it's also, you know, they're in Washington, the nation's capital. I get all that. It's an, it's a good name. I like that name, the Defenders. Um, well, I will say that um, it's better than what I would call um, Daniel Snyder, who is the Washington Offender. But also, he, it's a very, like, XFL name. Like, isn't there a team yeah. in the XFL named the Defenders? Or they, I think they, it, I think they played against the uh, the Harlem Globetrotters once. So the biggest problem I have with defenders is what do you short that to, right? Because like for example, some of the stupider defenders. names in the NFL, the like Buc- Buccaneers, you can do Bucks, right? The uh, Enders, the what? I'm pretty sure the, the Enders. XFL. That's a stupid name. No, the <laughs> Fenders and the mascot is a guitar. That's not bad actually. All right. Okay. Yeah. Next, like a we have. Although I mean, it makes more sense with teams in Nashville at that point. We have the Washington Armada. So <laughs> when you th- nothing makes you yeah, think, the Washington Washington know what an armada is. Nothing makes off. you okay. think water and and like a you know beachside city like Washington, right? Like so. When I think so, armada, I think of like Spain because yes, I know it relates to naval war, but also. It's because it's on water. And Washington, yeah, I get it. It's, it's just not a place I think of as being, you know, next to water. 
like we have a junior hockey team called the Armada here, and you know it's kind of close to the water, but it's a, just a weird name. But no, but the XFL does have the DC Defenders. Are they stealing the name from the watch from the? Well, XFL it's also watch? DC. Maybe they want to make like one team, one, one city, one name. At that point, That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, stupidest name I've ever heard in my life. Next, but yeah, Washington... I'm not. So I'm off Sorry. the defenders. Okay, Washington Presidents. Stupid name, dumbest name of all time. It's gonna be the most divisive name. If, if given yeah. what we've seen over the last two presidencies, that has to be the most divisive name on the list. Uh, people won't. They'll be like, fifty percent of the team will be like, um, no, these aren't my presidents. Also, the, sorry. Also, the the uh, the presidents is like, what about the vice presidents? Like, are, is there going to be? Are they going to have like a junior team called the vice presidents? Or, or, or they, like change the XFL defenders to the uh, vice presidents? Or like the secretary of states, like something mm-hmm. like that. I do DC like I, chief of staff. I, I do like chief the idea though. In the stands, you first have, lady. Like, if they really suck, if they really suck, you have them. You have fans holding up a sign saying, "Not my presidents." Washington lone survivor. That's good. It's pretty good. The Washington Brigade. I don't know. Like, what's a brigade? Is that like a war thing? Is that like an yeah, army thing? Like All of, of these troops. are war things. Yeah. <laughs> really selling America in war, huh? No, br- brigade is too like is too like double A baseball team. You know, like that's because yeah, brigade is an NFL youth, team, right? Like you seem so far, really young. So far, the NFL team, there hasn't been one, like, when you hear a name, you know it's the NFL. Like, the Seattle Kraken isn't an NHL name. You know what I mean? Mm. So I haven't heard an NFL name yet. I can hear, I can see the Kraken as an NBA team, weirdly. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. The Washington Commanders. Commander Conquer, baby. Don't mind this one that much. I actually like this one. Because it's like, they command some respect. You know, it's a war. It's it has to do with uh, with the army, the military. You know, you're in the nation's capital. All that. I get it. I, I actually don't mind this one that much. But at what point are you just pandering? Like all these names are all military based, and we know that the fan base is, you know, in the NFL general in general is right wing white America, right? Like we we statistically know that's the case. These to me are very obvious pandering choices, and it's like I get it, Washington, but like. I mean, is it something you're really celebrating? Because, like, isn't it like you have an army and you need to defend yourself? But these all make it seem like, no, fuck that. We go into other countries and we smash that shit. Exactly. Fuck these people. The Washington Red Wolves. I actually like the Red Wolves. Yeah, this is one. Because when when the news came out that they were going to change their name, Red Red Wolves came out and, like, they made jerseys and stuff. And it was like... It looked like they were going to change their name to that. And I was like, actually, actually a sick name. And the yeah. way they made their jersey, I think this is going to be the team name. I really do. I really hope so. I like it. Yeah. Uh, I like, like it. I said, it's, it's, not, it's one of the ones that's not pandering. There are actually red wolves in the area of Washington. Uh, like Seattle has seagulls, I guess. Um, same and there's no wolves in the NFL already, right? I don't believe so. Just timber no, wolves no. in, the, uh, in Minnesota. No, you're good then. It's not like you're what if you go war wolf? You know, stick with the war theme. Yeah, it's a good call. Wolves and- of war. And, of course, the eighth option on the list is keeping it exactly the same as the Washington football team. I swear to God, if they keep this, it's going to be like, why did you spend millions of marketing dollars to do this? So somebody that Daniel Snyder can, knows can make some money on the side. Yeah, why? exactly. That's, that's exactly it. why this is happening. Because that's how you end up with all the most obvious choices. Um, so no interview today. We have um, Mitch Gallo coming on next week. We're saving our... Uh, you know, Montreal Canadiens, uh, just very quick and yummy talk uh, for next week because A, 
the NHL, we have a little bit of time before that starts and more news will arise because the offseason continues. The NFL is literally hours away. I can't believe I'm saying that, by the way. It's it's felt like the NFL has been so far away, Terry, and it's literally hours away. I'm very excited. Hours. Um, but And by the time you listen to this, you might be listening to it after you've already watched the Thursday night game. Um, Definitely. But yeah, we'll talk about it. We'll talk to Mitch Gallo next week about a lot of the hockey stuff. A uh, bit more hockey-centric show, I believe. Uh, but in the meantime, let's get rapid fire. All right, rapid fire. We're going to start with a fun one here. Ariel is the bad guy. Ariel Hawani uh, is now Hiawani. a... F- yeah, that's what I said. Is no, a no. free man. Heelwani. That's, that's what I he's said. Calling him, no, you said Helwani. He's calling himself Heelwani because he's the heel of media now. Yeah, that's what I said. He's a free uh, man and is unafraid to tell people <laughs> what he now thinks. Let's listen to the clip. 1,000%. And while we're talking about lies, Brendan went on his show and talked about me being a nightmare to work with, me being a bad teammate. He's heard from a million of different people that I'm the worst to work with. Talk to my colleagues. Talk to my friends if that's the truth. Talk to the production team if that's the truth. I've worked very hard to try and be the best teammate and colleague possible. Possible. To help people out along the way. And so again... Talk about me being a bad journalist, all you want. Bad show, all you want. But don't talk about what's inside here. Don't question the kind of person that I am. Try to take me down because you may be jealous or because you have some other bizarre reason for talking about me as a person when you don't even know me. I don't go personal. I don't talk about you like that. I have nothing to do with you. Leave my name out of your mouth, especially when you want to lie about me. You want to talk about my show being great? You want to talk about me being the 10-time journalist of the year? All you want. But don't lie about me. I love the humble brag. Don't talk about how you, awesome. uh, you, you gave me gigs, that I should be thanking you. Don't lie, because I will come after you. I will respond. And so I did get a text from him this morning, and I said, I appreciate it, but now do it on your show. 100%. It's right. very easy to uh, apologize privately. Be a man and do it on the air. For the lies about 199, for the lies about me being a bad teammate, for the lies about the, the, the Jake Paul fight, be a man, stop lying, stop making up stories, and apologize on the air. And he said he would, and I'm looking forward to that. Stop talking about me, because those guys have been doing it for a long time, and I know what it's rooted in. But high road Helwani ain't no more. You're looking at the Helwani era, all right? This is independent Helwani. I ain't taking those like shots it. anymore. So everyone Listen. better know, if they come at the king, you best not miss. I love it. So the thing is, Brennan Schaub is like a notorious, I'm going to call him exaggerator of facts. Mm. So like, Brennan Schaub is, he's there's so many clips on YouTube about like Brennan Schaub being caught in a lie here, a lie there, like not knowing what he's saying so Brennan Shaw does like I've always said this if you like Stephen A. Smith is the same thing like if you do too much you're going to get caught saying something stupid right if you yeah. talk too much and Brennan Shaw at one point was doing well he's doing it again he has the below the belt podcast he has the food truck diaries he has the fighter and the kid he has the the Calabasas fight companion where he gets together with his buddies and they watch fights so like these are all things that, so he's always talking and he has a huge presence online and you know what I mean so he's always talking kudos to him he's made a great career after post fighting but he also does this thing where if one of his friends tells him something that's like fact, he'll spew it up. Mm-hmm. And and Hawani's like the first person to come out on his own show and rip Brennan Schaub for that. And it's like I'm I'm a Brennan Schaub guy, like I'm a fan. I've followed him for a long time. And um 
but he's wrong in this. And the reason why is like, even if it's true, even if Helwani is an asshole and he's hard to work with, what basis do you have to go and basically slander the guy's name on your show based on information that your buddy told you because he doesn't like him? You know what I mean? It's a little sketchy. Yeah, and, and Hawani seems to be a guy who um, doesn't like a lot of people either like him or don't like him. I think he's great. Um, I find him entertaining for someone who is an. I haven't missed an episode since he's been back to the MMA Hour. I haven't missed an episode. That's awesome. I work That's awesome. and I have it in the background because he gets all the best guests. He gets all mm-hmm. the best fighters. He's uh, current all the time and he's uh, factual and he doesn't fuck with anything he does everything he wants to do and he's a funny guy even the people that don't like him that he's had arguments with come on the show again the entertainment factor Ariel Helwani to me is one of the most entertaining guests out there Uh, sorry one of the most entertaining uh, analysts out there Um, he's super interesting and for someone who's admittedly a casual like me like MMA falls like sixth or seventh in the sports I'll watch and sports I like um he attracts me because, like Terry, like you're gonna watch anyway, right? Because like it's a sport you love and it's something you've 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 done yourself, and you're 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 an avid consumer. Whereas I'm, look, if there's a big fight, I'll watch that one. Uh, back in the day when you know it was just easier to do this, hey, it's a big fight, I'll go to a strip club, get some wings, and watch a fight, no problem. You know what I mean? And that that's just that's just the the kind of fan I was. Ariel Helwani was the first guy that gripped me. Of course, he did it with our joint hatred of David Sampson, um, and uh, I was a fan of his since then. All right, next, Hold Me Titan. Former teammates Tom Brady and Mike Rabel have entered into a war Rabel. of words Rabel. on a, I think it was from a Tampa Bay Buccaneer YouTube video where they're kind of doing their own version of uh, a Hard Knocks, but like proprietary, let's call it. Yeah. So every every clip. show, every team does has, has their own. Yeah, exactly. So there's this clip that's now circulating around. The Tennessee Titans are in town, coached by Mike Vrabel, who played with Tom Brady for eight seasons. Mike's kind of an ass if you get to know him. He went to Ohio State. You know, obviously I don't like him. It'll buy you another day. Go as hard as you can. It'll buy you another day. Earn a right to be here. There's a a healthy competition between us all, even though he's kind of fat and out of shape now. You know, physically he's really declined to a pretty sad state. There's there's an extension version of this where you hear him saying like, all right, so I guess we're going to be carrying Tom Brady to another Super Bowl by the defense. Yeah. Amazing, oh, okay. I I love I love Tom Brady post Belichick. Mm-hmm. He's he's no, it's I, great. I hated him for decades. A because 100%. he was boring, and B because he destroyed my Dolphins uh, year in year out. Um, but no, the, no, the Dolphins destroyed themselves. <laughs> that's yeah. true. That's true. Now but he's going to destroy the Cowboys on opening night of division. the Sorry, now he's going to destroy the Cowboys in twenty twenty one opening day. I don't think so. It'll be that'll be a fun game. That'll be fun. I actually, game. the Cowboys win that game. Yeah, I, I, you started with in back-to-back sentences. He destroys the Cowboys to start the season, and I think the Cowboys win. Obviously, that's uh, that's that's how how much of a Cowboy fan I am. I have no yeah. idea what the fuck is gonna happen. <laughs> um, no, you're right, totally right. Like I've been saying it. It's just he he's a bastard. He makes me want to love him. He's he's just getting more and more handsome. Um, it, it's. It's cool. I, I'm I'm enjoying it. I love the fact that he he's starting to blaze a trail for like other quarterbacks and other players who say, you know what, I can be fun. I don't have to do the normal you know nonsense quarterback gibberish that they give in post game and literally say zero things for three minutes at a time. Um, it's enjoyable. I I, I liked. I, I've enjoyed this part of, of Tom Brady's career. 
All right. Don't be a cartoon goldfish. Uh, Bert Goldstein, who writes for and plays Roy Kent on Apple TV's Ted Lasso, has addressed rumors that his character is a CGI rendition on his Instagram page. Let's uh, hear it right now. This is fucking load of mad shit happening on the internet today, as usual. Um, I just want to clear up something once and for all. I am a completely real, normal human man who just happens to live in a VFX house and does normal human basic things like rendering and buffering and transferring data. That's what everyone's fucking problem is. So, I'm so confused. So, so have you seen Ted Lasso? I know I haven't seen an episode yet, but I want to. Yeah, it's, it's be a goldfish, right? So, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. He, he, I actually used that the other day at jujitsu. So, like, I got ta- I got tapped out, and I was like, "Fuck, that was stupid! Like, stupid move." And I'm like, and I heard somebody say, "Be a goldfish." I'm like, "Be a goldfish, be a goldfish," yeah. and I use it. It works. It works. Yeah, it works. Um, right. My favorite Ted Lassoism is we're. It's like we're standing at the top of a of a lucky tree, hit every wrench on the way down, and land into a pile of Sour Patch Kids. Um, <laughs> it's 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 a super enjoyable show. But so like from day one, people. So I didn't even know people were saying this. My wife and I watched this under heavy influence, um, and we were convinced that every character in the show was real, but he was actually animated. Like not even like particularly realistically looking animated, but like reboot animated, and so. We thought we were the only ones, and he kind of moves awkwardly, like he's really stiff when he moves. But so a friend of mine then sent me this, and he says, "Oh, you're not the only crazy idiot. This is actually an, a, like a Reddit rumor that um, this one character on the show is animated." Yeah, CGI. Okay. And I think I think that stands as proof that I'm right. I so gotta did, I gotta see a clip. I gotta see a clip of him on the show. Um, Eagle, while we're while we're doing the next analysis, just try and get a, a clip of him on the show. No. Yeah. Uh, GM and Juice, Mets general manager Zach Scott has been placed on administrative leave after he was arrested for a DUI charge, which brings us back to our usual analysis of when you have so much money, why are you driving drunk? Like, Eagle, why are you driving? I don't like. I don't, have a, I don't have a quarter of this guy's money, <laughs> and I, like it never occurs to me to drive drunk. I'm always taking an Uber. If I could never drive again, I would never drive again. Driving is terrible. And it's not even made more comfortable by drinking because you're just paranoid the entire time. We're like, am I going to get pulled over? Because I've been drinking. It's... you. If you have fuck you money, you should be going to places. Like, it's okay to have a car if you want to drive and test mm-hmm. drive and whatever. Like, have fun. But you should, if you have fuck you money, you should... There's somebody who should be driving you everywhere you want especially if you're the general manager of the Mets you don't want to be wasting time the reason why all these billionaires in New York have drivers is because it's a lot of time like time is money right so they're mm-hmm. in their backseat making deals this guy should be in the fucking backseat making deals of the fucking um uh for the boys and not having to worry about traffic you know what I mean yeah I maybe see. maybe Francisco Lindor should give him a thumbs down yeah or bias or bias yeah the, the thing is honestly so my twitter name is thumbs up for Javi Bias. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, no, the, the the thing is with uh, with regards to this, like I remember even like the, to your credit, you mentioned like how there's other things you could be doing with that time. Philip Rivers was being driven from San Diego to L.A. every day, and in the backseat of that limo was literally reading his playbook, just going over his plays over and over and over and getting That's ready it. for work. That's all you got to do, man. That's all you got to do. 
It's a simple. It's a simple equation to being successful. Time. And our last one for today, in a glass case of emotion, a local TV traffic reporter had an interesting moment of self-reflection while live on a broadcast. Oh, lies that I many of you are still at home, but if you are heading out this weekend, there is some weekend construction you need to be aware of. Our new traffic anchor, Anavid Reyes, has a look at this weekend's traffic. Yes, Veronica, we are out here live. We're at exit 57 on I-24 East. If you look at the traffic, don't expect too many delays. As you can see out here, things look to be moving along just fine. Over my left shoulder, you can see some minor road construction in the area, but that hasn't affected things much this morning. And oh, by the way, just real quick, my name is pronounced Anavid, not Anavid. So if I'm gonna come out here and do these live traffic reports and literally risk my life, I'd appreciate it if somebody back in the studio could learn how to pronounce my name. Oh, I'm sorry. You got it, Anavid. Yeah. And what's it look like southbound? I mean, just like in the grand scheme of life, think about what we're doing right now. I'm doing a live traffic report on television. This traffic report is going to be obsolete in three minutes. I mean, I know I have a report that there's tra there's construction in the area, obviously, as you know, but there's a wreck about a mile ahead. And so this is going to be all this traffic is going to be changed in literally about 60 seconds. So it, uh, it looks like you've got an inside source on that wreck. Have you been in contact with the police chief? Have I talked to the police chief? Uh, no, I have not. I've actually just literally looked on Google Maps. And every time you guys <laughs> send me out here for a live traffic report, I literally just look on Google Maps. Oh, look, traffic. I look on Google Maps and report to you what I see here. And I don't know if you guys knew this back at the station, but every person in America has access to this. Well, it looks cold. And it sounds like you may have woken up on the wrong side of the bed. Too. Yeah, I don't know, or woken up on the wrong side of the bed, or most people are still in bed because no one's watching the local news for traffic. Like in terms of figuring out the best route to work and traffic patterns, I can think of off the top of my head, 57 other ways to do this more efficiently. Google Maps, Apple Maps, Bing Maps. My uncle Ricky still has a Tom Tom. You can plug the address into that. I don't know. Uh, go to a truck stop and rent a CB and talk to one of these truck drivers. He could probably tell you a better way to know what the traffic is. I mean, I'm just trying to figure out why. Thank you, Anna V. That's for sure. He got his name wrong at the end. It's, it's, it's fake. It's the girl when he is when the fake? camera's on him and you hear the girl talking, it sounds so fake. Oh, okay. It I, has. Yeah, to be. I got fooled yeah, by it. There's no it way. There's no way that they would let him on air for that long with that rent. But so. I thought of that too, and then I said, "This guy would actually get me to watch the news. This th that oh, traffic 100%. report would get me to watch every day for at least two weeks, which is more than 100%. I've watched in the last thirty years." Hundred percent. Why wouldn't you? The guy's he's and he everything he said was a hundred percent true. Yeah, because again, so so the second you're seeing it, it's already out of date. Um, First of all, know, like. Nobody's staying at home watching traffic reports based on to see if they're going to be late for traffic. Nobody, not one person. Well, and and I was in um, I was in a friend's car, and it was the first time I listened to local radio in I don't know ten years, and he had local radio on, and um, they're like, okay, so we're going to come back with this conversation, but before we do that, we have let's just say a random name, Mokan, with uh, traffic and weather, and I turned to my buddy and I said. Are they are they still doing traffic and weather on local radio? Like, you I've done traffic get, reports. Yeah, but 
they're useless because the, you the second you get into your car you're checking ways you're checking you know your your car play whatever it is you, you use all of the apps have have live traffic reports the weather is instantaneously updated on your phone we all have our favorite weather apps i know whether it's a day that's safe or not for me to wear suede um which is all i really care about when i'm looking at a traffic <laughs> report is am i going to ruin my new shoes and you know that's all that matters the only time traffic reports matter is if there's like a 17 car pile up on the highway so like to avoid but your phone that will highway. tell you that your, your I get it. Updates but like, traffic. But sometimes you look at your phone, you're like, ah, it's a little red. I'll still go there. But if you know it's a 17 car pileup, you're like, okay, I'm gonna take the 15 instead of the 13. But realistically, I used to do I used to do traffic reports at a radio station, and uh, it was just I would look at the cameras. We had access to the cameras there, so I would just look at them and be like, okay, so the Met is from here to here is open, from here to here is closed. Like it's it's slow, but I would do it so quickly because it didn't matter because the people that are listening to the traffic report are already, already on in the their cars. Route. They're already on the route that they chose. Yeah, that is tr- is in traffic. How shitty is it if you're listening to a, tra- a traffic report and the guy's telling you, "Yeah, if you don't take don't take the 13 because it's bumper to bumper because of a 17 car pileup," and then you're like, "Oh well, I wish I had known that six minutes ago." It's a, it's like the thing in Montreal where it says uh, you're on the, the, the highway and there's a sign that says, um, you know, like there, there's no traffic on the 40. Right? Yeah, that's a lie. But then no, no, but, but that's let's like say, that's say, like eight hours late. But, but let's say let's say that there is no traffic and then you hit the 15 it's bumper to bumper like well the 40 gave me no like I'm already on the 40 why did I need yeah. a traffic update for the road I'm already on why don't you yeah. tell me about the other highways I'm going to eventually need to take and don't get me started on detours yeah the worst in the this, worst especially in this city this city okay brought me on a detour once to the same place and I swear I'm like I'm going to follow every <laughs> same place three times three times I'm like I'm going to give this detour a chance I had the time I gave this detour a chance three times, 10 minutes each time, back to the same place. If you were any dumber, you would have died there. You'd still be driving there and yeah, you would have died there. Oh, I had a crazy situation with an Uber driver on the same detour. Okay. Oh my God. So my Uber was in, the, the restaurant I ordered from was in Ville Saint Laurent. I live in Laval. It's a 10 minute drive here. But the 13 is closed unless you get on from. Oh, I know exactly the detour you're talking about, actually. Yeah. So this guy doesn't, he's not from Montreal. Okay. That barely speaks English. He cannot figure out how to get the food here. It took three hours for him to bring the food. He would call me every time he made a turn. I'm here. What do I do? I'd be like, just do this, do this. He wouldn't listen to me. I'm like, go back to the restaurant. He ended up on the other side of the highway at some point. I'm like, this guy's lost. But I, I didn't give up. I was like, I'm with you, buddy. Don't worry about it. I gave him a $1 tip because I was too late and it was cold. <laughs> how good was your cold food? It was actually pretty good because I was oh. so hungry. Yeah, so I can imagine. Hungry. After three hours, I had to wait imagine. three hours. No wonder. Yeah. And I was already starving. Oh, um, and that's about it. <laughs> Terry, thank you for regaling us with your tales of terror relating to your latest Uber Eats scenario. Eagle, I, might, thank- I might blog it. Ego, thank you for all the work you've done. Actually, pretty sharp today. You looked something up. I did. Yeah, Very it impressive. did work. Uh, very impressive. Um, Billion goats. Now you know. <laughs> Remember to follow us, to subscribe to everything we do, to watch what we do. Uh, we're changing our format a little bit to sort of streamline it, make our, the things we bring you be a little bit more relevant. Uh, we got more news about that coming, so please stick with us. We're a work in progress. We're a small startup, so every time uh, we give you these updates, I promise we're working to make everything we do better. Thank you to our sponsors, but most of all, thank you all for letting me be my son. You've been listening to Hot Sauce Sports. Are Billy Goats the ones that lick the salt off the hills there? Uh, I don't know. I, the only Billies I know are named Bob Thornton.
<laughs> well, he's also named Billy. <laughs>